You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Huntivore Podcast, episode 18. Hello again. Today, Dustin and Nick reintroduce themselves to the ever-growing audience here at the Huntivore. The guys also check on vision, mission, and goals for Huntivore set early on. They also check into some current events and what's coming down the pipeline for the podcast. Oh, also, if you want to keep up to date with uh, Huntivore, make sure you check out sportsmansnation.com. And subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation podcast. Uh, we're making some URL changes, and we want to make sure we don't leave anybody behind. So check that out. On with the show. What is that? You got a little too hard in there? Let's go ahead and do a, a quick rundown of what we got on the table here. Um, representing Midwest. No, I take that back. Great Lake State. Great Lake State. We got... Uh, Representing Great Lake Steak, we have Two Hearted Ale. I'm rocking that IPA. IPA, a mild IPA. If I if I was going to classify it, it's not super bitter. Pretty no, easy it's drinking. Not too, it's easy drinking. It catches up with you. <laughs> yeah, it it's will. got some. It will good, do that. It's got some good octane to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say Midwest State, but uh, is Pennsylvania an Eastern state or is that a Midwest state? Anyway, I think, I think they would take East. East. Anyway, you're rocking the Yingling, for sure. This is imported a, contraband. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, Pennsylvania beer taken out of Indiana because we can't get it here in the great state of Michigan. Something's going whatever, on. Whatever you got to do, <laughs> we got we got to fix that. And then sitting in the weights is some new Glaris brought specifically from Wisconsin. Dustin on his spot, travels. Thank spot you. Spot cow, baby. You betcha. We'll probably break into that as well. Was yeah, cool. that's true. So at least I got that going for me. Um, joining me, as usual, is uh, co-host Dutch Hunter Dustin here alongside with us. Thanks for joining. Yeah. It's good to be here in the new upgraded studios. It is. Along with upgraded studio, we've also uh, had Dustin upgraded in pay raise. He's got or in uh, pay scale. <laughs> He's got a new title and everything. He's become chief editor and show note taker. Yeah. We got to the point where it's not a one-man job. This is a, a two-man gig. That was the keyboard in the background just going for those notes. Oh, good. <laughs> Plenty of notes going on. Right now it says, pasta ferabaja ta ta. I'm going to delete that. Go ahead and delete that. Okay. So as you can see, we're a bit laid back in our uh, our our setup here. But we thank you folks for, for joining along with us. Um, first off, we're going to define what the heck is huntivore. Um, I came up with that actual term while mowing the lawn this past summer, just before we had decided to launch a podcast. Um, at first we were thinking, wow, maybe we do a YouTube series. Wow, it's a lot of work because it's audio and visual. Well, how about we do a, a blog? Wow, that's a lot of writing and to keep 
posting on that. That's going to be tough. If there was only a platform where we could just talk about wild game cooking, and that's where then you pose the idea of a podcast. So ultimately, Dustin, this is kind of this is all your brainchild. This is all my fault, folks. This is <laughs> this all, all my fault. fault. But anyway, Huntivore. Uh, we're taking Locavore, someone who finds their food and their sustenance within a small radius. Everything wants to be local. At least that's what their aim and their goal is um, for several reasons. Um, a, they can feel they can get a better product um, from a local area. Uh, they're also building into the community that they live in, so they're finding out farmers, they're finding uh, livestock, raisers, ranchers that are nearby that they can then get their meat sourced from. And it also talks about a little bit of like saving gas, that the fact that you're you're not giving into these big box stores, that you're actually going in a smaller uh, radius to get your stuff. All of it, hey, great ideas. Sounds cool. Sounds good. But I wanted to even take that idea one step further. And instead of having to find somebody to source the stuff from, why don't we source that stuff from ourselves? And that's where we're taking Locavore and making it into Huntivore. We're going out, we're acquiring the meat, we're cleaning it, and then we're cooking it. There what you do you go. say to that? That's the Huntivore. That's in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. So yeah, we're pretty pretty impressed with that. Um, also here at the Huntivore, um, we're approaching this with a no egos, no status sort of thing. Because... Did you go to culinary school, Dustin? Uh, no, I I did not go. I have no formal culinary training whatsoever. Not even like McDonald chef. Not even McDonald chef. No. No. Nothing. What is your background in cooking? Like growing up, did you partake partake in any cooking with your parents at all? No, I um on occasion would throw. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering, but that was uh, that was about it, and that was rare. Mom did all the cooking. Mom was the <laughs> Mom. the sole yeah sole provider of she food. She was the champ, the nice champ of cooking in the household. Excellent. I did a little bit. Um, my parents they they were big into to cooking at home, um, being that we. My family owns a poultry farm. We had a lot of poultry, had a lot of our own own livestock. So it's like, well, what are we having tonight? Turkey. <laughs> what are we having tomorrow? Shocker. Turkey. Which was good. It's good stuff. Um, but my mom was very creative on making turkey a million different ways. And so that was, you know, just sitting watching her do that. And I was just intrigued being in the meat industry growing up cleaning birds, plucking birds. It was just kind of around the opportunity to cook poultry. And so that's, I think, where ultimately my my base started as far as cooking goes. And then it's just kind of accelerated from there. Now being the head of the household, it's like I'm jumping in as, as head cook. Wife's got the long hours. I got the little more free time. So I'm the one that's putting something on the plate for for myself and the kids. So it's been it's been really good to take charge of what I'm putting on those plates. I love it. You're the man. 
I do, I do what I can. <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie. There are some nights, like tonight, I did order pizza. Yeah. Well, even had it delivered. I wasn't even going to drive to it. I mean, that makes you human. It does. Continue. It just adds to our no egos, no yeah, status. Exactly. And when you got to call in the pizza man. So along with our no egos and our no status, uh, we're taking a student's approach to this, that we don't know everything there is to know about cooking. We don't know everything there is to know about wild game, but we're going to do our darndest to bring you high quality information and delicious dishes. Stuff that we are feeding our families is what we're going to be showing. Stuff that we're personally doing is what we're going to be posting and writing about. And I think that's going to be a a real key thing to creating not just a resource, but a community around it that we're going to be able to go back and forth with one another. Somebody's going to have like a dynamite way to, you know, make a roast and to have their information, their, their experience brought forward and then just shared out with everybody. I think that's going to ultimately make us all as hunters, better cookers and better, better stewards of our resource that we get. For sure. And uh, my hope is, is that our approach and the types of things that we're doing with wild game makes us relatable uh, as neither one of us has formal training. We'll take YouTube as far as it will go. Nick's going to take it about 10 times further than I will. Um, but the types of dishes that we dig into, um, you'll be able to follow along and, and attack it yourself. And like Nick said, if you have some other tips and tricks, we'll take those and fold them in and it'll be a kind of a progression of, of how we approach the dishes and culinary things that we do with wild game here at the Hunt of War. Another thing we're also going to be focusing on is uh, our primary is going to be the trophy meal and the physical trophy is going to be secondary. We are hunters first and foremost that we're going to pursue game and in the, in the sake of, you know, deer hunting, if I have two opportunities at a deer and one's got a huge rack, I'm probably going to be leaning towards getting that big rack. At the same time, my whole season isn't going to revolve around inches and antlers. It's going to revolve around filling the freezer primary, whether that's take a doe first. Um, in the case of this year, took a spike about late late archery season the opportunity was there he was going to bust me and it was like this is this is going to happen and i'm not going to feel bad about it there you go meat in the freezer meat in the freezer we do play the game uh as an area you know we want to see older age class deer we want to see that go up but the old adage of you can't eat the antlers is uh something that i've taken and really held on to that you know, we've we've got a mission while we're out here. Yeah. And by the end of the and by the end of the season you get hangry and you do what you gotta do. Exactly. And like we mentioned earlier, uh we've got a, a mission and a vision uh for this podcast, and that is to celebrate the hunter and angler lifestyle. And we're the way we're gonna celebrate that is through our wild game 
as a sustainable food source. So, I mean, we're going to talk about our hunts. We're going to talk about our experiences. Hopefully this year we can talk more about morel mushrooms. I saw a bunch of pictures on Instagram about mushrooms starting to pop out west, and it's like, oh like, boy. I was like, what? Mushrooms starting to pop? There's uh, snow and ice, so... Yeah, we're I don't know what kind of not crazy here. shrooms you're finding, but I, I think it's out west and definitely on the coastal area where it's a little warmer. Way west. Way, way west. But yeah, it's it's kind of a quiet night here at the household. I finally got the kids to sleep. The wife's out of the house. I think um any and all of our friends are down in Kalamazoo right now. Good chance. At uh the Meat Eater podcast, there's a good chance that we are podcasting at the same time as a lot of our uh, would-be, I don't know what I want to call yeah, them. Yeah, would-be. We'd be, would-be. <laughs> We'd be, they, would-be. they just be. <laughs> they just be. <laughs> Folks that we look up to. Um, I would say specifically that Meat Eater crew um, is an inspiration. They gave kind of a voice, and they told the story, I think, that we here at Hunterbore had kind of were, we're trying to figure out how to tell that. And I think with Ranella and Patelis, um, creating those stories through that whole show, I think it kind of gave us a direction to be like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. As far as this is our meat source. This is why we hunt. And then from there, I think not even just this podcast, but there's just been, an explosion from the hunting community um, really kind of taking a forward stance and being like, this is why we do this. We're here for the meat. We're not here to just put dead things on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me while I take a sip right there. Bad timing. But yeah, big news that we had. Just to allude that um, we're doing this reintroduction because, yeah, we've joined Sportsman's Nation. There's a lot of people tuning in that don't know who we are. They have no clue on what we're about. Um, So we just wanted to do a quick reintroduction. Um, It was actually a crazy, crazy fast way that this all happened. Um, In fact, I had just arrived to work and... Pulled my phone out of my pocket, and I had a text message from you, Dustin, and that basically said, hey, I think Dan Johnson just yeah. messaged us. I believe I said, hey, did Nine Fingers just message us? <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, I, I skip on over there, and Dan had messaged us and wanted to talk, and it was like, oh, my goodness. We had created some content. We thought we were going to be just organically growing and surprise, surprise, somebody saw it. Dan was able to check it out. I think he saw it shared from somebody. So he gets a, gets a hold of us, uh, wants to talk. And I ended up, um, calling him late one evening and we just kind of talked about what his vision was for us joining the crew at Sportsman's Nation and what we thought about it. And of course I gave him the, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to have to think about it. And uh, immediately gave you a call afterwards, just like fangirl all over. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Playing hard to get. I, well, we got it. We got to put a pro- professional face on. We can't just 
be this uh can't play all of our cards. Yeah. Hold them tight. We got to play euchre, not poker. So anyway, now we're we're a part of the the uh the nation here. So now we got to put together some quality content. Not that we weren't before, but now I feel like there's a little added little added pressure to really do a good job. What do you think? I don't feel any pressure. You don't feel any pressure? None. Good. Because <laughs> I guess the big thing is, is we don't want to change who we are. Um, taking this step, we're we're just a couple of regular guys figuring out how to use our uh, use our catch, and we want to be able to share that, and then at the same time, glean experience from other people. Um, so we have kind of revamped our goals a bit. Um, we're still sticking with the bi-weekly release of our podcast episode. Um, both Dustin and I got full-time jobs. We got families. It takes a little while to put together even this, this podcast, <laughs> even as broken up as it is. Um, but it takes time and effort and we want to make sure that we do a good job and a diligent job at that. So we're going to need that two weeks to do that. But now having the ability to be a part of this network, it's opened up a new avenue for us to now add some writing in and that's where we're going to be doing a blog post on the off week so one week will be the episode release and then the next week will hopefully be a blog post that we've either written about a dish a recipe write-up or what i'm hoping to have for our first one is a technique i'm uh i'm a lot of words into talking about reverse sear Ooh. we've mentioned that several times in our previous episodes and i thought given just a real detailed explanation of why you're going to want to do it and why this is going to change things for the better for you is going to be a good thing it's coming along pretty good i like it although i'm a little scared you're going to overcomplicate the reverse sear because it's some of its beauty is its simplicity i i do explain it however my steps did go to nine yeah, <laughs> great. Because I think I drug my feet like three years before even attempting the reverse sear. Because I'm like, I can't even do a forward sear. <laughs> How am I going to f- pull off a reverse sear? <laughs> and then after we talked about it like seven times, I was like, okay. <laughs> it's not there, rocket science. I, we, yeah, we keep talking and it's just this thing where you shove a chunk of meat in the oven and then you throw it in the pan afterwards. Reverse sear. Yeah, there's a... A bit more. Yeah, you would like to make it a bit more. That's all it like is. To... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to make it good for you because <laughs> this is the same guy who he went to start. Uh, what did you? you it was sh- Shanks. I know where you're going with yeah. this. Yeah. So you start in Shanks, turns on his pan on his oven and then just, or on his uh, stove, and then decides to take a shower. Multitask. We're busy. We just explained this. Hmm. Anybody who multitasks when they're cooking is doesn't deserve to cook. Whatever. You multitask. Go several find yourself cooks. a new podcast <laughs> host. It's not a one man show. This is tough. <laughs> All right, moving on from that. Anyway, so we're gonna be having some blog posts. So Dustin, you're gonna have to be heavy hitter when it comes to editing, because I do I do have a rough writing style. So hopefully you can decipher that. Right, I can. I can handle the uh, the spell check button and grammar check button. Good deal. I'm good, I'm good with those. Real quick. Um, 
also, now we'll just get into some uh, current events. Um, my winter archery shooting progress uh, mentioned earlier that uh, I finally joined a shooting league, thinking that that was going to help me. And the first five weeks did nothing but frustrate me. It's simple. It's 20 yards. Just hit the X on the paper. It's the crosswind that was throwing you off every time? The crosswind in my head. (laughs) I don't know what was going on. There was a lot of equipment change. I, uh, I bought a new rest, and I thought I had that all ready to go. And then I bought a new sight, and I didn't have that ready to go. So, like, first night, I show up, and... I'm I'm all over the place. My partner is now like, really? You're you're my partner. Nice. <laughs> like, it'll it'll get better. Don't you worry. <laughs> We're going for most improved here. Anyway, I started around the the two sixties. Well, let me lay it out. You get a top score of three hundred. We're we're shooting a five spot, and each a five spot five targets on one piece of paper. Okay. And the and targets are just circles. Yeah, circles, there's an X ring, and outside of that X ring, which is the bullseye, is the uh, five ring. There's Even though an X is worth five, like the outs- outer ring is, the X is used for tiebreakers if there's a tie, gotcha. tie somewhere along the way. So there's the X, and then there's the five, all consisting of five points, and then there's the four ring. And then outside the four ring is a zero because you've missed. Gotcha. There's another alternate where you can use a single ring, and it adds the three, two, one. It It's if you're starting out, you use bigger, that circle. A bigger single target. Yeah, it gives you the ability to, to score three points, two points, one point. Um, when you get proficient enough, you don't want to use the single because then you're going to start stacking arrows and you're going to start wrecking fletches yeah. and Robin Hood and which like, Hey, that's cool. But now you busted expensive. two arrows. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm on a five spot now because I did first night on a single spot and I was getting really close. So then I went to the five spot and I was getting right around two sixty, which is like, eh, nice job. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> yeah. And I'd have a couple like zeros where I would, just shank one and it would it would miss the four ring and i'd just be upset about it and it was hard to bounce back from that because you then you're worried about missing and instead of thinking about the x and just going through your shot process all you're now thinking about is don't miss and and inevitably you miss so from there i've gone a lot of adjusting in my shot form. Like I realized how lazy I was in my shot form and that it really made it apparent to when you're shooting 60 arrows a night to really get that form back in the way that it should be. And I can glad to say that I made a couple improvements both in my grip, holding the bow and my anchor point that I actually totaled a 296. So I felt dang good about myself. Way better than I did about the 260. So anyway, if 
you have the opportunity to shoot to join a shooting league. At first, you're going to hate it, and you're not going to like going to it. But I say stick with it, because I think it is going to make you a better archer. It has for me. Even the four rings, the ones that I'm upset on, mm-hmm. are good quality kill shots. Because nothing's bigger than I'm holding my hands up at like four inches, making a circle. Like Nothing's bigger than that four-inch spot. Yeah. So that's a nice size kill zone. You're well within a white yeah. tail's kill zone. It's a longer, longer hot heart for sure every time. You bet. We're also at the midpoint of squirrels. We still got one more month. We got the full month of, well, the rest of February that we have now, and we got the full month of March that's left. Um, my early endeavors in January were the last ones I was able to get out and do anything on. February's been moving super fast. That polar vortex really shut things down. Yeah. Have you been able to get out and chase any bushy tails? Uh, the last time I was out was a couple of weeks ago when I went out with a 22 and I got, uh, I got a couple of them. So that was, uh, my mini deer hunt style squirrel hunt went out there on the edge of a, uh, it was like a three, three acre cornfield on public, uh, ground here, sat there on the edge and waited for him to come on into me so you actually just posted up just kind of put a yep. seat down and relaxed yep just uh kept between posting up and still hunting that was the strategy there was a lot of activity as far as um tracks and hearing them but it only, only two of them down it's gonna happen and well, it seems to happen every time yeah i want a t-shirt that says like saw if you got one that's virtually every single one of my squirrel experiences. Like, so if you got one, I, that I think that's in the makings right there. That should be. <laughs> we better coin that. So if you got one, yeah, I haven't been out. Although, like driving in the past two days, we've had sunshine and we've had real mild temperatures. I would even say warm for Michigan standards. And like driving up the driveway, I'm watching like six squirrels scatter from the front yard like they've just been playing there the whole time and of course i show up and you got to go family duties as soon as you get back from uh from work so it's like oh i can't just run out there and and pop one i did open up the bedroom window once to try and and smoke one at the bird feeder but uh i was i was foiled in that attempt my mm, uh bummer my 10 month old was was promptly Saving tugging at my leg yeah he's shaking my leg and the gun's shaking, and it's like this is this is all bad. <laughs> so we put we put her down, put her away. That's probably for the best, anyways. Oh yeah. But anyway, I've got some good aspirations for some squirrel. Um, I did fried squirrel, and I want to do um, squirrel gravy. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, I've made a lot of gravy uh, with poultry and doing like the biscuits and gravy style, but to do it with squirrel, I think would be a really really neat thing to do people have talked about it a lot and that's uh i think that's be an, an easy one to go i'd rather do that one first before i attempt the dumplings again yeah i had a bad experience no with uh rabbit and dumplings mm. basically not the rabbit itself but my dumpling making 
it, they all dissolved. No, no good. No, it just made like uber thick gravy, and we just need to revisit. That's gross. It was real bad. It was real bad. Try it with squirrel. Um, but anyway, small game will still be continuing on, and oh, so I made these poppers for Super Bowl. If you check our Instagram out, you you'll see where I was opening up the grill um, and and displaying some of our poppers, and I I marinated the the jalapeno, had the bacon ready to go, and I decided to add a smear of roasted garlic. And when I mean smear is I came across, um, I forget the the link. I think it was like an all all recipes link. Anyway, Google search found roast garlic. Anyway, you hack the top off of a garlic head, the point end, exposing all the cloves. Pour on olive oil, and it's like those little little pockets or the little like um, husks. Just kind of absor- hold that oil in there, right around the clove, and you wrap that whole thing like a little package in tin foil. Mm-hmm. Four hundred degrees for forty to forty-five minutes. Pull it out, and it has softened those cloves to the point where I I basically turned it upside down, poured them out of the husk, tossed the husk, and I was able to take a fork and just like mash it all up into a almost like a paste or a, a spread at that point. Nice. And man, like the smell of that, the aroma of it, it wasn't like the sharp, harsh garlic mm-hmm. that you get, like where you're, you're going to have like this gross garlic mouth, but it just had this really earthy, rich flavor of the garlic, but it was real mellowed out because of the the roasting, but now you could spread it on anything. So that was what I did on the pepper instead of cream cheese, is I spread that um, roast garlic popped in piece of any and then rolled that up skewer on the grill turned out incredible it was delicious the the use of this stuff i could see going like a hundred different ways because at this point now like i let's say you you reverse sear a steak pulled it off you've already had the sear on there and um, to finish it off instead of having to make a pan sauce you could take like this smear and just either smear it on the plate or put it right across the top of the steak and just have it run along the top of the steak that would just take your salt and pepper and bam take it to the next level I like it Um, I even had kind of like an idea with like marrow bones that's been a big thing as far as like doing the the, uh, bone canoes they can do them in beef a bone canoe. How big is this thing? I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Uh, well, they'll take a beef shank, I guess. Uh, venison's a little bit tough, difficult. But you can take a beef shank, and you basically run the bandsaw straight down the middle of it, creating two uh, longitudinal... Longitudinal... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Long. Long, long. pieces of bone <laughs> that... You then roast those, and then the marrow on the inside becomes soft. Mm. At that point, you could then take that smear, put it on the top of it, because it it's a real 
fatty, rich substance that that maro is, and it needs something to break it up. So the people will put it on a piece of toast, or uh, they add a little bit of lemon to it. But I think doubling down on that garlic smear would then, I think that would really pair well with that. If you make asobuco, now this is where it gets to the wild game side. You make asobuco, you've already cut that um, shank up, and you've exposed the marrow. So now when you take your fork and you poke out the marrow that's inside of your short section of bone, you could then dip that or even just add a little smear of the garlic, and I think that would even take it as well. I think that would do a really good job. I like it. And we'll probably have to break down Asabuco a little better here. Yes. Coming up in a, a future episode and or maybe some blogtivity. I'm working on a blog on that. I've got like four of them. I've got like four false starts right now. So I've got the intro to like four different things. Yeah. So editor, get ready. You're gonna have a lot you of. You gotta, editing. you gotta finish it before I can edit it. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the intro and you fill in the rest. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. <laughs> so, anyway, this is a quick jump back into. Uh, who we are and what we're about. We've made a change in uh, where we stand as far as a podcast. We're no longer our own identity, but we're now part of a team, which is super fun. And, uh, yeah, we just wanted to reevaluate goals and start us off with uh, a good start here in, in 2019. How do you think we sit, Dustin? Can't complain. Sitting pretty good in our upgraded studio part of the nation of sportmen love it it's going well well hey folks we won't keep you long we're going to send you on your way but uh make sure that uh you find us on our instagram and our facebook that's the best way to kind of interact with us um ask us questions comment on anything we got um so find us there at huntivore for instagram um i believe we are the huntivore on facebook Correct. Um, if you haven't checked out Sportsman's Nation, go ahead and do so at sportsmansnation.com or on Instagram at, at Sportsman Nation. That was a rough finish. Yeah. But we're going to take it. We're <laughs> just screaming upside down on fire over the finish line, but there's going to be we'll we a lot got of over the finish line. <laughs> yeah. We're going to a lot of post edit on this one. Anyway, folks, thanks for joining us, and uh, keep your knife shut.